You are listening I... to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 655, The Great Valor, Yada Yada, part one. Welcome to episode 655 of Legion of Substitute Podcasters. I am Paul French, and today I am almost tripped on the damn scooter, lad. Oh, oh. Uh, went to the, uh, the uh, you know, after getting everyone to bed before we started to record, I made my way downstairs, and um, and I had turned out the hallway light, but I went to uh, just make sure the front door was locked. And, um, and as I got to said front door... Um, it turns out Sarah had left her scooter there and, uh, given that it is, um, it's got two wheels at the front and the third at the back. So it stands up on its own. I, uh, I nearly did the old, uh, Homer Simpson, uh, steps on the <laughs> roller skate bit. And, uh, and so, uh, so fortunately I caught my balance quickly, but it was, uh, there, it, you know, I, I definitely, you know, traveled a good few inches, uh, just <laughs> on the, uh, on the wheels. So that was, uh, that was like, okay, I'm awake. <laughs> did, did you say, don't? <laughs> It was a little more colorful than that. Oh, uh, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. yeah. So yeah. we're so tomorrow we're gonna have another discussion about which things go in the garage. Mm. Yes. Uh oh. Yes, mm. it's a discussion needs to be had because, uh, yeah, any other angle and uh, and I probably would have so been on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so you're probably saying that Sarah's gonna be living in the garage and all of her stuff can live. In- room that's fair that's fair yeah i think that's fair that's yeah fair. yeah it's just you know it's right right next to here so it's kind of loud yeah 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 i can't yeah. see it happening <laughs> <laughs> anyway over to you sir hi everybody i am darren noel and tonight i am having an argument with the fur covered colon that is my mother's cat oh, dear god <laughs> this cat likes to just meow now at 3.30 in the morning. Oh I know, because for three nights in a row, I've been woken up by meowing at 3.30 in the morning. Because the first thing I do is I put my glasses on, and I yell at the cat <laughs> while still lying in bed. And then I grab the phone to see what time it is. And I'm like, mother pus bucket from Hades. <laughs> so, the cat, I don't know, people. I don't know. I might have to accidentally leave him at a Chinese restaurant. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm a mm-hmm. Oh my. But still. That's still that's uh, yeah, no. It's it's one of those things it's like I've got to get some sleep because I'm cranky by nature already because I'm old now. But uh this is ridiculous. <laughs> so. Wasn't wasn't uh wasn't cranky by nature one of those nineties rap groups? Yes, <laughs> thank you. It is. it is. It really is. Or or maybe that was naughty by nature but twenty 20- well, now they're later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you know, in the, uh, when they did their reunion, I'm sure they were cranky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Remember the share the bitch will never say goodbye tour. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are down with OPP, so they are. They are down with OPP, true. and they can take this cat. I, this is other person's property that I don't need. So, yeah. Actually, the, uh, the the second the second P fits too in OPP. Mm-hmm. It always does. Spit and shove. Yeah. 
<laughs> Go on, Travis. Go ahead, talk. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Over to me. Uh, uh, this weekend, I was Odd Bob's lad. Um, I found myself in Foley, and Foley has a flea, an outdoor and indoor flea market. And while I was there, in the indoor part of it, there's a giant area that is called Odd Bob's. Mm-hmm. And I met Bob. Showed and us Bob, doll where Bob touched you. <laughs> there were dolls. There were mm-hmm. dolls. There were old records, old books, old art, and of course, old comics. Mm-hmm. Jim would have loved it. Yeah. It, it would have been his paradise. Well, how it, old is old? It, he had everything. He had, it was the Wild West in there. I mean, there were boxes of comics, there were racks of comics, there were just comics everywhere, and no rhyme or reason to the order. Like, I went through a couple of the boxes just flipping through that's the no alphabetical kind. order no no it was just here's a 90s image comic here's a 70s man thing here's an 80s firestorm here's bucky o'hare here's dread star oh, here's love and rockets nice. my ocd Wait. is procking right now Uh-oh. and i mean in a variety of shapes some you'd find like a near mint key issue here and there you'd find just stuff like where the cover's about to fall off it was just everything and he basically there was no prices on few of them had like a price maybe written on them but most of them were just like he just kind of looked at it like a ah, dollar i don't know damn you know? Wow. Ah, ah, ah. all right road good? trip yeah was it, <laughs> Darren, was it Darren, was it... darren's like like 70s man thing for a dollar i know right? <laughs> that was cheap back in the 70s i don't know what you're talking about but... darren's like i just love me some man thing I <laughs> love me some man thing giant size giant size. <laughs> giant size man thing and he, he had the magazine size stuff like uh deadly hands of kung fu and oh, uh the nice. the monsters unleashed all the the, the old magazine size the spirit magazine size issues which i had never even seen any before oh uh well just, now's the time to grab those masters of kung fu shang yeah. uh shang gonna get expensive soon yeah he is yeah. it was see i only had like 15 20 minutes while i was there oh uh, damn it you know I had, then i had to go so i i flipped through a little bit and uh but I really, I told the guy, I was like, man, I'd like to come back here when I have like a couple hours to go through. He said, oh yeah. He said, I'm about to bring a few more boxes of comics and sit them out here in the next week or two. I'm like, rock on. Yeah. <laughs> Try to come back in about a month then, give you some time. <laughs> but uh, he told me, he, he kind of gave me a little five minute tour on my way out. He's like, here, I got all this stuff here. I got all that. And he said, he said, I just bought a bunch of stuff this morning. He said, some guy came in with a bunch of memorabilia. He said, I got a, a phaser that was used in the old Star Trek TV series. He said, what? an actual prop. Wow. Uh, he said, I'm he said, I'm going to put a little money on that, that one. I'm suspicious yeah. of that. Well, I, I, I don't know. Like he had some real cool memorabilia and he seemed to know his stuff. He was, a right. he was, right. he was kind of savvy. He had some, uh, he had some real some autograph memorabilia. He he had he had like really cheap stuff, and he had some really cool collectible stuff. Nice. Uh, well, those are those are the the ones that kind of frustrate me is when they know what they're talking about, because that means that you're less likely to find a really good deal. You know, a hundred dollar book for a dollar. Well, he knew, but he didn't seem to know his comics that well. But he knew yeah. like memorabilia he stuff. Knew memorabilia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like you said, you found a Bucky O'Hare comic. You talking like original or like cartoon tie-in? No original. Michael Ooh. Golden, Larry Hama stuff. Oh damn! I, did you yeah. buy it? No. Crazy man. 
That was continuity, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. They had oh, he wow. had a Bucky O'Hare original graphic novel like uh, big as a magazine type thing. I've never seen that before. Wow. Wow. I, I have no idea how rare that is. Well, there was a and they were doing a lot of of uh, different formats around that time. You know, it's yeah. Uh, and I know in the eighties everybody got an original graphic novel, so I don't know. Yeah. Everybody got a graphic novel and everybody got pockets. So. <laughs> Anyway, I thought it was a pretty interesting place. Uh, I'm going to go back there someday and look some more. Over to you, Michael. Hi, everybody. I am Michael Grabois, and this weekend I was audio-visual lad. Uh, I came up to my dad's house for uh, my mom's uh, tombstone unveiling, mm-hmm. and we needed to put together a uh, kind of a slideshow for the party we were having afterwards. And so there was all sorts of fun trying to hook a projector which we've never seen before into my uh laptop to make it work and you know having to google the model so we can find the uh the user's manual (laughs) online and then things not working the way that the user manual says they should work and once we got that all set up uh we found out it didn't work and so we had to go to plan b which was put everything on a USB stick so we could stick it into a TV. And then when we got to the restaurant after the, uh, after the thing, we had uh, trouble getting, figuring out how the remote work to put it on the screen in the, in the party room at the restaurant we went to. And then I, we came back home and helping my dad set up his new TV set and just all sorts of cables and wires yeah. and sticks going on <laughs> all over the place. And uh, so that's what my weekend felt like was uh, uh, I felt like the audiovisual club high school kid that I never was <laughs> for a weekend. Mm-hmm. There you go. And it's about it. Nothing else, uh, nothing else going on. So uh, over to you, Jim. Hey everyone, I'm Jim Purcell, and I'm struggling to come up with anything at all, lad. I uh, <laughs> cannot recall anything that happened this week. It's been wow. one of those weeks. Did you I'm, suffer a head injury? Yeah, no. Did you just black out? I, I just I just can't remember doing anything of note all week. I I, I bought some new comics when I, that came in while I was working at my game store, but that's nothing exciting. Mm. So I'm Mr. Boring this week. Aww. It happens. Cellophane, Mr. Cellophane. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm eating a bag of trail mix. Is that exciting to anybody? Wow. Mm. That, yeah. All right. We need, we need to make your life more exciting, Trav. Or, uh, Jim. We, we, we got to work it, on that. We really do. Does it have M&Ms? It, it does. Mm. All right. So that's marginally exciting, at least. Yeah. As opposed to just coconut flakes and. Right. Almonds. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, nothing. Got nothing. <laughs> Got nothing. All right, then let's move into Legion news. We got nothing. <laughs> well, that is not true. I know. Yeah. I know. Okay. <laughs> I was segueing. Nice, nicely done. I thought. Thank you. I thought Paul was segway lad. Yeah. Uh, that's, was... Yeah. <laughs> Stepping on my territory. <laughs> Sometimes I have to duplicate powers on this. Uh, <laughs> this point. 
Um, uh, some sad news. Um, uh, the guy who drew the covers on the, um, and this is really one of the the very least of all his credits, but uh, but he did covers on uh, on Legion of Superheroes, uh, um, Science Police, uh, the miniseries. Oh, and I didn't know that. That is uh, John Paul Leon uh, passed away the, uh, this weekend, and um, uh, he was recently diagnosed with cancer and uh, mm. had gone through treatment uh, and sadly didn't make it. Uh, so he has died at the age of forty nine. Um, and he's a guy who, you know, you've seen his work, um, you know, whether it be on a ton of covers, if you ever read static, uh, back in the day, uh, that's where I discovered him. Yeah. Same, same. And, uh, he did, you know, he did that. Uh, he actually, um, his first professional work was doing, uh, illustrations for the, uh, 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 dragon and dungeon magazines of, uh, Mm -hmm. TSR, um, and, he studied under Walt Simonson. Yeah, which oh, really? is uh, yeah, which is pretty amazing. And uh, yeah, it says yeah, a lot, right there. Yeah, yeah. I, well, he went to the School of Visual Arts, and yeah, he his uh, his the artists he studied under were guys like Walt Simonson and Will Eisner. Um, yeah, so uh, and I think it says a lot when uh, Alex Ross did his Earth X series, and he knew he wasn't going to do the interior art. He asked for John Paul Leon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just have to say. Um, John Paul Leon is in no small part why I'm a comic fan today uh, because Earth X was a very important series to me uh, because it was the first time I followed a comic uh, monthly. Yeah. Like, okay. like consistently, like went out of my way to make sure I got the next issue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I found it. I got it off a spinner rack of all things at a at a Walden bookstore issue number one. And then I discovered there was an issue zero, which made me go to the comic shop, get my grandma to take me there. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> nice. basically I followed that series every opportunity I could get to go out to the big city to find comics. Cause there were no, no comics in my little town. Mm-hmm. And I got every issue of that book. Uh, and then I follow, well, I followed the series all the way through all the sequels, but unfortunately, uh, uh, John Paul Leon was not, uh, the illustrator on those, but, Following that series was one of the first major long-running comics I ever followed, and he was a part of that, and he was also a big reason of why I was a fan. Mm-hmm. And that eventually led into me, once I graduated high school, reading more comics in general. So it's – his work was burned into me early. Yeah. Um, another important book of mine from my early days of getting into books on a regular uh, was The Winter Men, which I That's- believe he – yeah, that was really good. Yeah, he he yeah he uh, he drew he drew that he worked he created that with um was it Brett Lewis I think his yes. name was yes uh, originally that was supposed to be based on the I believe the uh, oh the Soviet armored group from the Red Rockets maybe the DC characters mm-hmm. that's from International Red Rocket but, Brigade Red, yeah. yeah but he turned it they turned it into an original concept and they put it out through the Wildstorm imprint and that series is exceptional and it sucks that it's out of print right now. If you can find it, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he. Uh, the, have you read the stuff about the you know the three main people on Static Number One, the artist and the two writers, all died uh, by age forty nine. Him, wow. Dwayne wow, McDuffie. That's... Him, Dwayne McDuffie, and Robert L. Washington. Oof. I was like, man, that's 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 interesting. That's a crazy scary. little curse on that book. Yeah. yeah. 
That's like the poltergeist curse, really. Uh, uh, anywho. But yeah, ter- ter- terrible loss. Talent yeah, taken yeah. soon. Yeah, totally. A, a a huge talent, and it's um, you know, I, you know, when you when you think of uh, you know, I mean, this this the the static stuff especially has really um, you, you know, I mean, it, it it's it's of of all of those series, of course, because it had the the very successful uh, um cartoon and everything but it you know it it it's it, it's near constantly in print and uh it's it's just phenomenal stuff yeah it's a damn damn shame yep so all right so there we go so that's uh that's some some uh at least tangentially related legion news Pour, pouring one out for john pauliano indeed all right, so I think that's it for news, then. I think that is it. Um, uh, so we are we are gathered here today. <laughs> Where's the guitar riff? To um, <laughs> to um, to get to this thing called life. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> dearly beloved. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk today about um, valor. Valor the series, and Valor uh, the shampoo, and uh, and what but it not was. The one from, not the one from EC in the fifties. No, definitely that's fair. not. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, that was mm. more of like a, what a knights. Uh, yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So uh, this one started. Uh, well, it it landed in comic shops way back in uh, September of ninety two. It of course had, um, as as with many comics of the time, a Todd Klein designed logo, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> and I'm and I'm noting uh, that that there were definitely some pouches um, on his costumes. So as was the style of as the time, was of the time. In, indeed. Yeah. Um, so. So this started in 92. We're already in like mid-94 in Legion, right? So this has been going right along the whole time. Yeah. Well, remember, we'll, uh, uh, he left He left our continuity several, several yeah. months Yeah, ago. but this is that's unrelated a, to that, though, because... That's a, that's a different one. Yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, it's just the timing that. was just... Kind of, they kind of like... Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, they, they I, I walk us through that when we yeah. get I'll walk yeah. you through it, and, and I'll put each issue in context of, of when it came out. Great. Thanks, Michael. Um, I got you. <laughs> You know, at one point, uh, there, there's uh, the um, Travis had shared some stuff from uh, uh, from back issue, which is very illuminating. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely, definitely worth going over after uh, after the recaps. Yeah, yeah, for sure, because it's um, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the, the, so so the issues that we're going to cover today are issues one through five. Um, all written by Fle- what by Fleming? Uh, I don't know. I'll figure it out. All right. So, uh, at least started by uh, Robert yes. Lawrence Fleming, who okay, great, who was the scripter um on the uh, uh, Eclipse of the Darkness Within series, uh, along with with Giffen, and so he was writing this one. And uh, Mark Bright, who uh, 
folks may remember from um, the uh, Emerald uh, Dawn uh, series, uh, the sort of the green, you know, which, which was kind of the Green Lantern year one uh, of its time. <laughs> didn't uh, didn't he also do uh, Iron Man for Marvel? Yes, he did. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. He drew oh, a lot of things. Yeah. He. Yeah. He was. He was very busy around this time because um, I can remember. You know, he was just one of those guys you would see on books a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, I. I take it he was. Uh, he was pretty fast, and um, and good. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so uh, so yeah, he worked a lot, and uh, you know did stuff like um, like that. He did uh, um, painted. Uh, he did some painted covers for uh, for Marvel, uh, and of course he and Priest uh, co-created Quantum and Woody. Quantum and Woody, yeah, which is a great and, series. And at Milestone, he did Icon. That's right. Yes, that's that's where he left after number four of Valor. He went and launched Milestone. And did Icon. That's right. Yes. That, yeah. And uh, so his his name is Mark D. Bright. Um, Sometimes often, called Doc Bright. Yeah, often credited as MD or Doc. Yeah. Yeah. He his painted covers. Uh, he, one of his most famous is uh, from the Transformer series number four. There's Shockwave in front of a wall. Where it has the Transformers logo, and then it says "Are all dead?" Like he's written it on the wall, and uh, Mark did that one, and that's one of the famous comic covers where the art has still not been sold because Mark is holding onto that with mm-hmm. his greedy little hands. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Good for him. <laughs> yeah, he, he that's retirement money one day. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, and of course he's been working a lot in um, in um, doing storyboarding. Um, you know, for, for commercials and uh, uh, live action TV and uh, feature films. Um, the last Airbender movie, which actually my kids were just watching um, the other day. They're big fans of the Airbenders. You know, mm-hmm. All of the other things that they bend. Um, all the bending. All the bending. <laughs> yeah. But he, uh, he, he was actually the uh, storyboard artist on that one. So there you go. Um, yeah, so, uh, so it's, you know, it's, uh, a couple of, um, really strong creators. So don't get get too attached. Yeah. yeah, Well, that's, that's part of it. And, uh, and also there's just the thought that, um, you know, um, shall we say, uh, it's not their fault. (laughs) (laughs) So why don't you uh, take us into it, Michael? All right. Uh, so this is number eight in a continuing series of great yada yada episodes where the motto is, we read them so you don't have to. Yes. Uh, this <laughs> follows uh, 18 issues of Karate Kid, uh, five TV episodes plus two comics in the Arrowverse, five issues of Timberwolf, 20 double-sized issues of Eclipso, and uh, this is going to be 11 issues of Valor. Uh, so five, as meant- five, we truncated it. Five, five today. Uh, yeah. All, sorry, over, I, meant, I meant over two episodes. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm doing 11 issues. Um, so the Valor series was one of two uh, that spun out of Eclipse of the Darkness Within, 
that ran through the 92 DC annuals, uh, the other being Eclipso himself. Uh, you can go back to episode 638 and 651 uh, to hear about how Valor spent most of that series as a statue being mo- being monologued to by Eclipso before being snapped out of it and helping to defeat Eclipso. Well, he was lonely. He had to have someone to talk to. He was mostly talked to. Mm. Uh, so at this point in the present of 1992, when this came out, he was still Largand. He just got his code name of Valor, uh, introduced in the Invasion series and appearing from time to time in the LEGION books, uh, Superman issues, and New Gods. Uh, he had not yet been sent to the Phantom Zone or whatever they were calling it that day. Yes. Um, in the <laughs> in the present time, although. We know that in the future with the Legion, that his code name is Valor and that he seeded the worlds of what eventually would be the United Planets, such that he was revered as a god a thousand years from now. But that's in his future. Yeah, they were also hoping to do to get a, a Creeper series out of, uh, yes. out of all that, and that just didn't happen. So I mentioned this uh, last time. We've got a Valor in the 20th century who has his own series. Let's call him Valor number one. And then at some point in his future, a few years from now, which we saw in um, uh, in the Legion Annual, he gets put into the Phantom Stasis, Big Stole Buffer Zone, whatever they're calling it, for a thousand years before popping out in 2975. So when he comes out of the Phantom Zone, because Superman never found a cure for him. Because he's a dick. Well, to be fair, we don't know the circumstances of this of Valor going into the zone. Uh, we do from the Legion Annual. We know the Gloreth put him in there. Yeah. Right. Right. So Superman's not responsible this time. Conscious clear. <laughs> no longer a dick, Superman. <laughs> oh no, he's still a dick, just for many, many different reasons. So, so the Valor that we had read about in all of the adventure comics, and then the Legion, and then through five years later, uh, he's been a member of the Legion for twenty years, and we call him Adult Valor when we're doing our five year later stories. He likes vacations. Yes. Yes. Um, in 2978, uh, when he was cloned by the Dominators uh, and then awakened in 2995 with the SW6 batch, that's Valor number three. So we've got three versions of this guy wandering around the, the, uh, uh, the DC universe. Um, as of where we are now in the retelling, uh, SW6 Valor number three went back in time and hasn't been seen since. Um, and recall that Valor number one, who's the one in the solo series, is three years younger than SW6 Valor, just based on the fact that he spent three years in the 30th century with the Legion. Mm-hmm. But in this series, he's written and drawn as being about 18 when he should be 15, and SW6 Valor should be 18 when he should be about 15. <laughs> but wibbly wobbly etc it's not confusing at all is it no um so uh this series was meant to be kind of like a cosmic outer space superhero story with valor leaving earth and wandering around space um but about halfway through the series 
the main Legion titles had a change in writers and editorial decided to bring the Valor series into continuity with the Legion and Legionnaires books. Uh, we won't see that until issue 11, which we'll get to in a few weeks. Um, but in the meantime, we'll be doing the non-Legion issues en masse, and then we'll fold the Valor series into the rotation, starting with issue 12, because that's where it kind of picks up with uh, Legion continuity. Yeah. Um, so, is, is that confusing? Not remotely. Uh, yeah, not really. It's just kind of stupid. I don't well, like Yeah. <laughs> no, sir. I don't like it. Well, because you got was, a Legion book. Was Donna Troy a dark star at this point, or was she still Troy? Uh, 92. Still Troy. Yeah, dark, okay. star, dark Stars isn't until Zero Hour, right? Or was that already no, going by then? That, isn't it? Yeah, I thought no, it was we, um, that. There's, uh, I think about issue 10 is uh, where we meet a guy, one of the Dark Stars, who we will see later mm-hmm. in the DC Universe Trinity, which is the Legion, the L-E-G-I-O-N, the Guardians, and the Dark Stars. Um, so they, they exist at this point, but I don't remember very much about them. Gotcha. I was just wondering, since this is a kind of a cosmic-y space book, as well in the present-day DCU, if we had Dark Stars yet or not. Uh, there, is, there is a Dark she- Star... Donna Troy joined one month before Zero Hour, the Dark Stars. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. but they had still been around for... Uh, they were spell. around. It yeah, was, yeah they were, it was like issue number 23 of that book. Oh, okay, gotcha. Oh. Okay. Oh, I thought she had joined earlier. No, yeah, I, I thought so too, but apparently not. Apparently not. That was around right. when they were getting rid of the uh, of the of the title. Cause yeah. It wasn't around for that long after that. Uh-uh. All right, so on to the series. Uh, issue one... Cover date, uh, October 92. Um, and the, um, the solicitation was the saga of Eclipso, the darkness within, has concluded, and Largand emerges as a hero named Valor. Now his adventures continue in the ongoing monthly series. Due to his lengthy possession by Eclipso, Valor is possessed with Eclipso's evil and is compelled to present, sorry, to prevent the villain's plans to build a new base called Lunar City. Valor is a complement to the ongoing Eclipso title, also debuting this month. But where Eclipso is a dark, grim series, Valor is the story of a young hero discovering what it's like to be so powerful. Valor is set in the 20th century before the Legion of Superheroes brings Largan to the future and charts the DC universe as Valor travels from one planet to another. On his journeys, he discovers new characters and encounters some that are rarely seen. In the first issue, uh, first issue, Lex Luthor II appears to, bef- to befriend Valor. And uh, so written by Robert Loring Fleming, pencils by Mark Bright, inks by Al Gordon, and cover by Bright. So this issue went on sale September 15th, 92, which was a week before Legion, five years later, number 35, which was the one where Deep Fried Dirk Morgna meets the SW6 <laughs> Legion. Yes. <laughs> Deep um, we yes. like to call him barbecued. So that was that would have been ten issues ago since we most recently did uh, episode forty-five or issue forty-five. Uh, so issue one, the cover has a blurb on top saying "Eclipso: The Darkness Within Aftermath," uh-huh. and uh, as mentioned, this is pretty much the classic Valor with the 
big shoulder pads and pouches on his belt because it was the 90s. It was and, the 90s, yeah. And any superhero <laughs> worth anything had pouches. Well, he's, any, also, any... he's also got short sleeves and uh, motorcycle gloves. Knowing how, that's also how you know it's and, serious. And a retractable cape. Yeah, uh, I was going to bring right. that up. <laughs> I will. Um... I, I got I, I got it mentioned. So, um, uh, retractable just, to where? Exactly. The shoulder where? pads. <laughs> yeah. It's like he's so, just carrying wow. like a, a, a overhead door on his back. Maybe it goes <laughs> in. Maybe it goes into one of the pouches. Yeah, it's hey, like a, it's wow, like man. a it's like a. Can you an, raise an, that garage door for me? It's, yeah, it's like an awning. <laughs> yeah. it rolls up. I think it's jammed. You got to pull it out. And, I would yeah. kill for there to be two little cords coming out of his epaulets. You know, just, <laughs> just, it's like the design lines. thing there. <laughs> it's all tesseracts and ball bearings these days. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> so uh, in the issue, we have uh, Largand is in therapy for PTSD from his run-in with Eclipso. And he ends up telling his therapist about his father um, because everybody has daddy issues. Uh, Largan is mad at his father for leaving and getting killed during the invasion. Uh, but secretly, the therapist is working for Lex Luthor back when he had a red beard and a ponytail and was going by Lex Luthor, too. Yeah. Yeah. Junior. Junior. <laughs> so uh, Lex shows the therapist that he's building a spaceship uh, later back at home. Uh, Lar has a vision about Eclipso and says, oh no, and then rushes to a jungle in South America where apparently Eclipso's lunar city was transported to, even though it was destroyed at the end of the darkness within uh, issue two. But don't worry about it because we never see it again. Um, Lar fights a bunch of Eclipsoids, which you'll recall are just Eclipso creations, not actually possessed people, so he can wail on them until they explode. And uh, it's during this fight that he shows off his new retractable hide cape. Uh, he fights them until sunrise when they disappear because the sun, you know, conveniently comes up once a day and the eclipsoids can't appear in solar radiation. Uh, so then he spots a giant Daxamite chess game that he destroys because he's mad at his father. Um, and meanwhile, Lex Luthor is watching all this, and then he calls in his girlfriend slash employee, Supergirl, aka the Pocket Universe Shapeshifter Matrix. Um, oh, and that blurb about him being obsessed with Eclipso's evil—forget um, about that. Uh, it that disappears after this issue, and it's never mentioned again. <laughs> and that's where issue one ends. So his retractable cape is actually stupider than I first remembered, uh, because they <laughs> retract it. They retract into his gold, like, clasp. Yeah, so they retract into the to the gla the clasps, and it's not just the cape; it's his shoulder pads too. That's insane. That's ridiculous. Because and then, they're tesseracts. <laughs> I'm just gonna walk around with bearings. Bearings. interdimensional pockets on my shoulders of all places. <laughs> so, so then he look, then he ends up looking like Super Mario in like his overalls and his. his <laughs> so basically, basically, Valor's gold clasp are D and D bags of holding. Indeed. There you go. Limited to his cape and his shoulder pads that Joan Crawford would kill for. Yes. Because they're huge. That's interesting. 
That's very interesting. <laughs> How? Who thought of this? Why? Uh, Fleming and Bright. I, I'm sure they thought it was very utilitarian. Well, probably. Again, we assume, you, you know, you assume that they came up with it, but, you know, it's often... Don't tug on my cape. I'll retract it. That doesn't yeah. have the same kind of oomph about it, does it? Well, if you tug on Valor's cape, if it's like a, uh, a shade, then it'll just roll <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> that's the bad guys right in there. That's not a Tesseract. That's, that's a portal to the Phantom Zone right there, baby. <laughs> That's hilarious. Or, or yeah, it, or if it doesn't spring back because the spring's broken, <laughs> it just keeps pulling down until he's got like a spawn length cape. <laughs> <laughs> Special thanks to the Todd McFarlane Foundation for Valor's cape. <laughs> so I just have to say, I read this. I read this one issue ahead of this yada yada just because for my own curiosity, and I got to yeah. say, it's a terrible, terrible first issue in my opinion. Oh. As I just, nothing interesting happens all issue. It starts with like the most boring kind of recap where you're like talking to a psychiatrist and get a bunch of flashbacks. And then like the action set piece is like super low stakes. It's just nothing, nothing this does is interesting, unfortunately. That's probably why we're yada yadaing it. Indeed. It is indeed. Like when um, we all had that moment where we realized that Karate Kid series. Oh, God. And what sucks is it doesn't look. episodes of this, I don't think we can. I really don't. In good conscience, I don't think we could do it to our to our fans out here. You it, know? The, the <laughs> thing is, it actually looks okay. Art-wise, it's pretty solid. Sure. It's just it's got nothing to work with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everything that we were working with, or almost everything that we were working with in issue one, is pretty much tossed out by issue two and almost all gone by issue three. Dang. So, so don't, if you didn't like issue one, just wait issue two and issue three are going to be different. Will it get better? Take a drink. Um, eventually, eventually, but it's going to be a while. So issue two, uh, the, uh, Valor, barely has time to recover from last issue's rematch with Eclipso when Lex Luthor 2 sends a powerful operative to retrieve DC's newest hero. Oh, yeah. It's Supergirl versus Valor in an action-packed slugfest. Wait, is this Supergirl Matrix or is this yes, the this, Supergirl? This, this is Supergirl Matrix. We have to clarify. So, you know. Yes, none of the other Supergirls exist at this point. Gotcha. Or have ever existed. Yeah. Um, Sorry, one one note just just uh, in sort of uh, ending off with the with that first issue is originally they wanted to call this Worlds of Valor. That was the uh, initial. Well, Valor was seeding the worlds. You know, this is their sexiest book. Well, there you have it. There you have it. Yeah, but, honestly, um, this is like Fifty Shades of Valor. And here. and Fleming wanted to call it the Legend of Valor. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because uh, you know Billy Jean wasn't around anymore. Um, <laughs> Ooh, I like the Slater tie-in though. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Damn it! Um, <laughs> Took me a second, but I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that movie. Hold on. <laughs> well, she doesn't exist anymore. And we already mentioned Joan Crawford, which is a tie-in to the Supergirl movie because who played Selena? Hello, not Joan Crawford. No, no. Paying it was, uh, of course, um, Faye Dunaway. 
No, Miss yep. No More Wire Hangers herself. No more wire hangers. <laughs> uh, but Christina, get the axe. Yeah, so originally uh, um, he wanted to do sort of this big, um, uh, Fleming wanted to do this this whole thing where he does all these things on, on many different worlds across the universe and becomes this legendary figure. Um, uh, Michael Urey felt it was a bit too grandiose an approach, and uh, so they ended up going in this direction. Recess with a psychiatrist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> PTSD, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does he think he is? A Marvel character? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so issue two, huh? All right, issue two, cover date December 92, uh, written by Robert Lauren Fleming, pencils by Mark Bright, inks by Al Gordon, cover by Bright and Gordon. Now, so uh, this means that that at this point, um, there is now there are now dark stars, Darren. Because oh, okay. uh, because this would have been released in October of ninety two, mm-hmm. and uh, that's when um, Dark Star. I mean, this is the era when I wasn't really buying a lot, so yeah. I'm very fuzzy on. Uh, yeah, I keep I keep track by what's going on with Donna Troy. So if <laughs> yeah, Donna Troy and... still on Titans, then my mind says there aren't Dark Stars yet. And and you but know I know at some point she became a dark star and she was a titan so it gets very confusing. yeah my, now Michael Jam Friedman was the guy who uh, wrote uh, Dark Stars and mm-hmm. Fleming he was writing this and both of them mm-hmm. had written a whole lot of Star Trek comics for DC uh, gotcha at, at, at the time as well so pure coincidence but uh, mm-hmm. I used to confuse it? them way back in the day just because they had three different names yeah right yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Never trust somebody with three names. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Mm. Or is it two first names? I don't know. Both. Anyway. Yeah, dude, yeah so, it's safe, safe bet. Just don't trust Yeah, anybody. safe bet. Just yeah. no thank you. So uh, this was on sale uh, October 13th of 92, which was a week after Timberwolf number one and Legion number 36, mm. which was the Terra Mosaic finale. Mm-hmm. And that's when it was on the uh, two issues per month. And so... Uh, it was in between 36 and 37. 37 was the baseball issue. So Valor number two opens with Largand repairing some machinery and remembering when he was a 14-year-old mechanic back on Daxum. Uh, turns out that the machinery he's working with is a memorial to his father. Uh, he says, all these years I've been angry with you without even realizing it. Um, and so I'm wondering how long has it been since his father died in the invasion if he says, all these years I've been angry with you unless he was mad at his dad for dying back when they still lived on Daxon before he died. Well, he left him. He, he had been gone for a couple of years. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that was established in issue one is that his dad, he beat him at chess and then his dad left. <laughs> wow. Oh, I thought it was that his Didn't dad left. Didn't get that rematch. I thought it was, it was that his dad was dead after he got captured in invasion uh i don't know the details on the invasion all i know is what the other the issue said is that his dad wow. left disappeared and at some point sent an sos call which i guess alerted the heroes to the invasion plot and that's what killed him aha yeah. all right well anyway valor's mad at his dad but <laughs> but don't worry about that one because we're never going to hear from that after yeah. this issue yeah. well he, he sorted through his trauma it's over it's good yeah ptsd <laughs> over he's cured so uh, watching via a drone, um, Lex Luthor monologues that while he can control Supergirl, he has to get Valor out of the way before Valor can turn on Lex. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. So Supergirl shows up to tease and flirt with Valor like you do. Like you and do. then she tells him that she was sent to bring him back to Lex Jr. He is not so keen in that idea, and so they fight. Punch, mm. punch, punch. Things get destroyed. Uh, that is the uh, the action-packed slugfest, as mentioned in the solicitation copy. Mm-hmm. Um, she accidentally knocks him into the memorial sculpture that he was building, mm. and it gets destroyed. So he gets mad. They fight some more. And she pushes him faster than he's gone before. They crash into a mountain. She uses her invisibility power to disappear. And then Lex shows up and orders him back to LexCorp. But it's not really Lex. It was Supergirl using her shape-shifting powers. So back at LexCorp, Lex Jr. shows Valor his new interplanetary star cruiser that he's been working on. And Valor gets all excited to start working on it because he's a mechanic. Uh, meanwhile, Supergirl feels bad and goes back to rebuild the memorial to Largan's father. But don't worry, because as far as I know, we never see that memorial again, nor does anybody mention it. Now, this issue has a much better fight scene to get you excited, even if the reason for it is tenuous at best. Is it an action-packed slugfest like they it, promised? I would agree that in this particular case, where almost 80% of the issue is slugfest, it is, in fact, an action-packed slugfest. Absolutely. All right. Good going, DC. Absolutely. So they got two slugs in a ring, and they, they fought it out. Yeah, I, lo- I love the part where oh. there's, there is a part where she, um, where he kind of, uh, y- you know, they, 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 they get into it, and then uh, he, he's basically, uh, you know, kind of makes fun of her. And mm. uh, she threatens to let him feel the power of a full force, uh, a full force blast. Which, of course, um, remember, this is not the kind of Supergirl we're used to. Yeah. Um, and uh, she knocks him. Uh, she knocks him flying, and it's a, it's actually a really great panel, or a great splash page. Well, this is not the Angel Wings Matrix, right? No, that's, is, that's that'll right. come that'll come yeah. later, but it's the same yeah. character. Yeah, yeah, same character, but we're still at the yeah. Yeah, she looks like Supergirl only. We're still, Supergirl we're, yeah, is. and and uh, yeah, so we're still like uh, you know protoplasm uh, shapeshifter yeah. at this stage. Mm-hmm. And that, not, and that the, Pe- the, the Peter David Supergirl that came in post Zero Hour, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh by okay. a bit, I yeah, think. yeah, yeah, because that. She was around during the JLA versus Titans Technus Imperative, and that was the okay. Morrison JLA. Has so, yeah. Death of Superman happened yet? Uh, Not was, it's, yet. It's, it is. It happened. It starts at the end of '92 and goes into plays in out in '93. Yeah. All right, so it's starting uh, to happen now. Okay, so Superboy isn't a thing yet. No, correct. No, it's not. And never will be, according to Paul. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it yeah, depends that, on which pretend- depends on which one. Well, I mean, Superman. I meant, as a I, meant I meant Con. Yeah, Connor will happen after Death of Superman. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, Superman as a Superboy. No, that's off the that's off the page for the time being. Yep. Indeed. Right, anything more about issue two? Can't. <laughs> Can't think of a thing. All right. Well, let's head on to issue three then. Uh, while putting his new ship Pilgrim One through its shakedown run in space, Valor runs into Lobo, and Lobo's not happy about that. Oh, no. Mm-mm. So, cover day, January 93, 
written by Fleming, pencils by Bright, inks by Trevor Scott. Um, on sale uh, November 10th, 92. So this is a week after Timberwolf number two, uh, a week after The Earth Blew Up in Legion number 38, and a week before uh, issue 39, which was Giffen's last issue. Uh, it also takes place in between L-E-G-I-O-N 93, number 47 and 48, which Paul, which the uh, L-E-G-I-O-N P-O-D-C-A-S-T will be getting to <laughs> eventually. The, the thing that surprised me most about this issue is that I love Al Gordon's inks. Love them on pretty much everybody. Yeah. Uh, but on this, I saw Trevor Scott's inks on Mark Bright, and I preferred those. Yeah, even from that first page, there's an ex there's a yeah that first page kind of just it looks I don't know something about it grabs me yeah. So issue three opens with Valor inside his new spaceship, which has an AI named Babbage running it. <laughs> um, this is the uh, the spaceship that uh, that Luther invented, uh, and we find that Valor is under attack by aliens. Babbage notes that evasive action is required, but he's not programmed for it yet. And uh, Babbage seems to be written as a sarcastic English butler. Yeah, it would make sense, yeah. Because yeah. why not? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, we got space pirates. Uh, an alien who calls himself the White Spider tells the rest of his convoy to take out the target intact. They trap Valor's ship in their tractor beams, but he comes up with a plan to escape. And Valor, uh, a, a sample dialogue, okay, on the count of three. And Babbage replies, are you up to that, sir? Because three <laughs> is the number of the counting, and the number of the counting shall be three. Take a drink. So Valor plans to make an escape to Cairn, where he can get help from Docs and the LEGION, but the ship is also not yet equipped with a targeting computer, so they're pretty much jumping blind. Uh, the White Spider's convoy follows him. While they're in hyperspace, Valor reminds Babbage that he needs to get more anti-lead serum from Docs and recounts the ship's history in a flashback, which we saw last issue, and he's telling Babbage his own history, even though Babbage was right there. So it uh, turns out that in between issues two and three, uh, Valor dismantled a bunch of Luther Corp's ships to create pilgrim one uh on a test drive so now we're, we're still in flashback on a test drive he spies supergirl and luther and somehow he has found out uh that she is with luther and once they're in space babbage tells him that he's been programmed to safeguard luther corp's investments and to relay info back to earth so this is pretty much the last that we will hear of luther um, so Babbage and, or the, the Pilgrim one pops out of hyperspace and the flashback into an asteroid field. Uh, the white spider ships arrive too, and somehow feedback knocks out his ship. Uh, Valor exits his ship and starts flying around, starts punching white spider ships to disable them. Uh, but then Lobo shows up, white spider ships leave because they're scared of Lobo. Mm -hmm. Lobo They've heard of Lobo. <laughs> Lobo calls Valor's ship a sissy, oh. and Va and Valor punches Lobo, saying, nobody insults the one. 
meaning Pilgrim One. And that's where we leave issue three. You got you got to love a good like homophobic slur in in your '90s comics. You got to love it. Oh yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. You got to love it. So all the so Eclipso is gone. Supergirl is gone. Mm-hmm. Luther is gone. And now he's just kind of an outer space superhero flying a spaceship. <laughs> Punch and Lobo, you know, as you do. Like Absolutely. you do. Absolutely. Except when you make when you make Lobo bleed, you 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 know, you cause more problems. So that's that's an issue. So and as uh, I recall. <laughs> as as Paul can tell you, um, anybody who punches Lobo becomes Lobo's dear friend and yeah. uh BFF for life. All well, I mean, you be can well. tell what era we're in because guest starring is not Superman. It's not Batman. It's Lobo. Absolutely. So. And, uh, <clears throat> you know. Cause... Well, he is, going, he is going to Karen to find the L-E-G-I-O-N. So it kind of makes sense that. It does. Yeah. Like, is does. Lobo a thing yet? Has, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Have, yeah. The, oh, yeah. have the Beasley Giffen issues things happen yet? He's huge right now. Yeah, Which, that's uh, that first. He's an L E G I O N right now, currently, isn't he? Yeah, yes. I mean that's yeah, it's continuing miniseries of Lobo. Yeah, yeah. there's like every every year there was a new Lobo, either a one shot or like a four issue mini about Lobo in some way. Absolutely, and, and like in fact, years. we're going to be covering on uh, the L E G I O N show. We are going to be covering Lobo's back coming up next. Uh, in fact, Lo- Lobo Lobo just got an ongoing series right around this time in December '93. There you go. So okay, yeah, and that so was he has after, graduated. That was now after Jan- having a bunch of minis. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is yeah. January '93, Jim. Oh, so oh, okay, so that's a year off. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, he was having constant miniseries and specials at this point, and they're like, let's just give him an ongoing because we're publishing him every month anyway. Yeah, really. Exactly. Now. In honor of the, just before we get to the Lobo fight, um, they these guys Fleming and Bright were not the first choice for creative team. They no. weren't. No, Michael Urie was originally trying to get um, Kevin McGuire on art and Chris Claremont as writer. Wow, that would have been unique. And uh, and wasn't McGuire busy with Justice League, or has he had he left by this point? I think he'd already left by then. Oh yeah, he'd no, he had definitely left. Yeah, long okay. long ago. Yeah, because McCone and, took over, and the, and I think by now we're into the Jurgens. Um, oh okay. Well, I know Jurgens took over around when Superman died. Ex- yeah, so. exactly. So yeah. you know we're we're already you know firmly in Bloodwind territory. Oh Bloodwind. Um, <laughs> Love Tra- him. But but so McGuire would have done it, uh-huh. um, and he said that if he's like, I'll do it if you can get Claremont to commit to it. And Claremont was initially interested and did consider it, but anyway, he didn't want to get into doing another company-owned book, and instead wanted to do a creator-owned book. And um, and that became Sovereign that Seven. Be- later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Jim, what was, I mean, not Jim, uh, Travis, what was, uh, you're doing your Claremont reread. What was Claremont doing in, in this time frame in uh, 92, 93? Do you remember? Uh, I think this was right after he was going from X-Men. So he was, okay. he was figuring out what he was doing next. Yeah, between books. 
He was working yeah, on eight. Sovereign Seven. Yeah, he I was, mean, he well, was doing a... Sovereign Seven isn't until '95. No, but you know, this that's sort of what next came out of him. Uh, yeah, he did some uh, image work. He did a few issues of uh, Wildcats and Cyberforce. Um, he wrote uh, novels. Mm-hmm. He yeah, did. Uh, he had three: the First Flight trilogy, and he did. Uh, Three with George Lucas, the follows up to the follow ups to Willow, uh, the Shadow Ooh, Star, right. Shadow Moon. Uh, yeah, so he he was he was doing some other stuff. Co- comics had kind of screwed him over for a little bit, so he kind of took a little break. Mm-hmm. Understandable. All right, so episode or issue four of Valor. Uh, Lobo guests as his quote-unquote discussion with Valor escalates into a situation that places them shoulder-to-shoulder against an entire planet. Mm. Plus, L-E-G-I-O-N's Vril Dox has a potentially deadly surprise for Valor. Uh, Cover date, February 93, written by Fleming, pencils by Bright, inks by Trevor Scott and Brad Vancada, cover by Scott. And this is on sale December 15th, 92, which was two weeks after Timberwolf number three, uh, a week before Legion number 40, which was the Guess Who's Backstory. And uh, this came out in between LEGION 93, 48 and 49, although an editor's note says this takes place prior to issue 48. Um, uh, so make note of yeah. that when you get to do your... Uh, oh, there we go. Tweet- when you get to it in, in uh, your cast. Exactly. And uh, another notable change here is that um, Michael Urie is no longer editor on the series. It is oh, now. Wow. Uh, they, they basically um, made transition because they listed both Michael Urie and Casey Carlson on uh, the last issue. And now it's just uh, Casey Carlson with Eddie Braganza as his assistant editor. Aha. Uh-huh. All right, so issue four opens with Valor fighting Lobo while Vril Dox watches on a monitor. Uh, Dox knew that Valor would come back since he's the only source of the anti-lead serum. And FaZe walks in um, and tells her that it's her old friend Valor and recaps to her that he got to Cairn on his new ship. Uh, FaZe notices that Valor did not kill the white spider craft occupants and decides that they need saving. Because remember, he he fought to disable the ships as opposed to destroy them. Mm. Um, So uh, Babbage takes the ships into evasive maneuvers, um, even though last issue he noted that he was not equipped for evasive maneuvers. Mm. So he must have gotten a a long-distance software upgrade. He he matrixed himself, yeah. Yes. So Valor and Lobo fight a lot, fight, 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 punch, punch, punch. But before they can trash the space station that the LEG ion is using, Doc stops them. Uh, so then we jump three days later. The space station is fixed. Valor goes inside and meets up with FaZe, Stealth, and Strata. Um, Doc's offers the fixed Pilgrim one for free and to install a new warp telemetry unit. Uh, Valor meets Lydia Maller. And after, a, after offering condolences for her mother, Larissa's death, uh, they both wow that they have the hots for each other. Huh. And I guess uh, Valor has a thing for blue-skinned women. Yeah. 
Well, apparently it's hereditary because, uh, I mean, this fowler did not recognize Faze at all. So then that, he hasn't met her yet. Yeah. Oh, I thought he did meet her. I'm sorry. No, this is this is the the fresh off the boat, um, Valor from Invasion who has not gone to the future yet. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I think he means he's met Legion previously. Yeah. Yes, he, he has he has met Faze, but he doesn't recognize her as, as Tinya because he hasn't met Tenya. her as Tinya yet. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm trying so to tell her. Okay. She's Faze, his former coworker. Yep. Right. And uh, so, because uh, I can see that confusing people about Monel. He likes blue-skinned women. Why doesn't he recognize Faze as Phantom Girl? So I get that. Or well, never mind. I don't know what Faze's deal is at this point. No one knows. What no one did. Well, she, she has. No, she they, has they did know. It's just then it changed. Yeah, they changed and it. At at this point, she's still Tinya with amnesia. Mm -hmm. Amnesia, yeah. so she wouldn't recognize him. Correct. No, creating a universe-destroying paradox. Yes. But like we won't worry, we won't worry about paradoxes using Valor until next episode. Yeah, we'll just worry about Vrildoxes. Yes. <laughs> um. So uh, God knows we don't want a pair of those. A pair of Vrildoxes. Right. <laughs> So after uh, Valor meets uh, Lydia Maller, um, FaZe privately advises him to have the serum checked to make sure it's the right kind of anti-lead serum. Uh, no, uh, no foreshadowing there. Um, days <laughs> later, when the repairs on the ship are done, uh, he leaves the LEGON. But after he leaves, Docs confides to Logo, 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 to Logo <laughs> that he sent Valor directly to Starlag 2 where he'll be imprisoned for life under a red sun and Lobo confides to Docs that he got to carve Lobo rules on the ship <laughs> I'm, I'm disappointed he didn't spell it with a Z, amateur hour so why, Paul why would Docs send Valor to Starlag to be imprisoned for life, besides the fact that Docs is a dick Yeah, Docs no, that's, a dick. You, you've covered it sir Okay. Yeah. That no. There's, there's, there's no reason. There's no reason. Um. Yeah. I, I. Well, he probably sees him as a threat because of how strong he is. He like he has Lobo under his thumb, so he's not a threat. But like Valor is like a rogue. Like, and, that, and that was the, so and that was takes him off the board. That was how Valor got fired in the first place. So. Um, yeah, so I was going to ask that next. How did he end up leaving the the team? Uh, basically, they. Oh yeah, he, no, had, a, we're, it, he it, had a conscience. Yeah, he was he was only there for a few issues. Um, oh, okay, you know, and it's funny because I had it in my mind that he was around for a lot longer than he actually was, <laughs> and um, yeah, basically, you know, he was a hero and he disobeyed a direct order from Docs and uh, and got the boot because he was a hero. Yeah. And Docs is not. And he was not controllable by Docs. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, um, that's the other thing. That's. I mean, I always thing. thought one of the best things to ever happen in DC would be if real Docs and... Uh, oh, crap. Why can't I think of her name? Amanda Waller had a kid. Oh. Oh, my. <laughs> that kid would be the manipulator. <laughs> Oh my, yeah. Yeah, I know, right? I don't think those two have ever met. I know. Weird. It is weird, isn't it? 
Yeah, you but... would think at some point, especially I was hoping during that like dark side story that they had going on, that at some point they would do some kind of intergalactic meetup and Vril and Amanda would meet up and let's just talk, you know, and yeah, be amusing. Be amusing. So, um, yeah, just to um, uh, again point out, like basically. Um, I think he was around for like two or three issues mm-hmm. in uh, I, I, in Legion. I have a memory of him being a member of the team for years, but and 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 same same. Um, uh, like basically, he did he you know there was the issue where he was on the cover, and um, and then uh, he was in the Superman annual that year, mm-hmm. uh, which crossed over with the Legion. Um, uh, and and then not too long after that, <laughs> yeah. Like they, so they had. Um, I'm trying to think if it was around the parade, um, but yeah. So you get a whole lot of uh, of of you know of of Lar really feeling that uh, hey, this hasn't been great, and um, so uh, Doc's basically drags him into uh, into his office and. Uh, um, there was this whole thing with this guy Dagon Ra uh, that they that they battled, um, and that's where it ended up happening. Where um, he where he referred to the fact that uh, um, Lars' bumbling altruism nearly cost us everything, and mm-hmm. he's th- and and but but while he's saying all this, he's thinking to himself, "Sorry, Lar, but your misguided nobility, coupled with all that power, makes you a bad risk to my plans." And um, and uh, and then Docs fires him. So that is issue nineteen. And as I say, uh, he he joined the team in issue sixteen. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it was not a um, it it was not a long tenure. <laughs> but 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 like you say, Michael, I thought the exact same thing. It's like, man, he was around for like he was part of that team for years. And um, and it was apparently not three issues, <laughs> three <laughs> issues in a couple. Well, and and there were the the two annuals. Um, and I think he played more of a part in the Superman part of. Uh, of that little crossover, interestingly. So there you go. All right. So on to issue five. Uh, thanks to L.E.G.I.O.N.'s real docs. Valor must go directly to jail. Rendered powerless under the Red Sun system of Starlag 2, Valor sends out a distress call that is answered by the Blasters. Ah, yes. Uh, Cover date, March 93. (laughs) Written by Robert Lauren Fleming. Pencils by Jeffrey Moore. Inks by Trevor Scott and Brad Vancata. Covered by Moore and Scott. And so uh, I think we're done with Mark Bright. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Right. He he just took those those first uh, four issues. Now the blasters. Thank you. I was like, isn't that the snapper car team? It is totally yes. the snapper car team. Okay. Um, and there was a, a one issue special done, um, and I believe it was it was written by by Fleming and uh, Peter David. Mm. Again, two Star Trek guys. Um. And uh, and yeah, so they did like the one, 
the one issue and um and and there was talk of a series but it never materialized and this was now snapper car had his uh his teleportation um when he snapped yeah so i i, I apologize actually I, it looks like uh he fleming was supposed to do the series but uh the actual special was uh peter david and james fry oh so yeah i think he mentioned in that back issue uh article that he helped create the blasters but didn't get to actually write them right that's right yes yes and i and i seem i've have this vague memory of um i've got this collected book of a bunch of uh peter david's um uh but i digress columns uh-huh. And uh, he t- and and he talked about it now because uh, like remember I I came into all this stuff uh, about a year after um, invasion so um, I remember reading about this blaster series and I thought well that sounds cool and mm-hmm. uh, and and you know and it turned out to not be a series to actually just be one special and and quite enjoyable uh, but. Um, yeah, so we kind of we kind of uh, missed out missed out on that. So I think Snapper ends up leaving uh, leaving the Blasters and end, ends up in Our Man. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get to that. Yeah. So the uh, the Blasters uh, was Snapper Car, uh, a bunch of civilians who had gotten experimented on by the uh, Dominators during invasion to try and recreate or research the uh, metagene powers. And so all of them had uh, metagene powers. And then there was this uh, elderly dominator who was hanging out with them, who was actually a good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so why did these guys get their own book? Sales. Yeah, uh, on the special, probably. Yeah. So the, uh, the issue opens with Valor realizing he's in a wormhole. Uh, oh, sorry. I, uh, so this was on sale uh, February or sorry, January 12th, 93. This is a week after Timberwolf 4 and a week before Legion number 41, which is when the SW6 and adult legions finally meet. So uh, Valor is in a wormhole. Babbage tells him that the ship is going exactly where Doc's intended to the prison planet of Starlag 2, which is conveniently in a red sun system. Uh, The first Starlag, you'll recall, was where Docs and the rest of the prisoners who founded the LEGION were kept, uh, as well as members of the Omega Men and those who would eventually become the Blasters, as we saw in the uh, Invasion miniseries. And Starlag 1 was destroyed at the end of the third issue. So Valor tells Babbage that he's had powers under a red sun before, uh, as seen in when he appeared in Starman number 35. Um, but when he said he, uh, uh, he touches the control panel and gets a shock, he gets a tra- then gets a transmission telling him to prepare to be boarded. He cannot get away because Docs programmed the ship and Babbage to shut down after the warp sequence concluded, but he manages to set off a distress signal before that happens. Uh, he leaves the ship, goes on to Starlag, uh, falls through a trap door because he's not looking, uh, fights off one robot, robot who's sent to collect him, but not the second, who drops him into a cell. He meets the warden of Starlag 2, uh, a new character named Kanjar Ru, who looks like the hot sister of J- Justice League villain Kanjar Ro. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I think we're supposed to assume that they're related, but I couldn't find any evidence in the book that they actually were related. So uh, the uh, Kanjaru tells Valor that he's been arrested for stealing a LEGION warp drive, and Doc's not, not only reported the theft, but is paying to have him kept at Starlag. Uh, once he gets to his cell, he finds his roommate, who is a former Green Lantern, who tells Valor that nobody has ever escaped from Starlag 2, not even the unimaginable. And we will find out uh, next issue who or what the unimaginable is. <laughs> but if you are a longtime fan of the Silver Age Justice League, yes. you, you will remember this character. I did not. But we don't we don't find anything about this character until later. Ah. So next, real quick. Issue. Yeah. So Starlight One was destroyed recently, right? Correct. So Starlight Two has a reputation of no one escapes. So it's only been like what a couple months? Unless there were two of them, <laughs> it, we don't know that the two was a, a replacement for one. Oh, I see what you're saying. They could have maybe a different one. Right. Yeah, they yeah, franchised yeah. out. Makes <laughs> sense. All right. You get the no prize on this one. All right. Thank you. Uh, so, meanwhile, out in space, Snapper Carr and the Blasters are deciding whether or not to disband the group and go back home when they catch Valor's distress call. Uh, Babbage fills them in, saying that LexCorp will pay for the return of the ship and also Valor, as long as his recovery doesn't jeopardize the ships. Mm. Uh, back on Starlag, a tremor causes Babbage to wake up. And after looking at the schematics of the station, he finds the unimaginable. So Babbage uh, sneaks out of the cargo bay and uh, leaves to go exploring the ship and to find out. Uh, because remember, one of his main directives is to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new lives and new civilizations. But he doesn't quite put it like that. For uh, copyright reasons. Yeah. Yes, yeah. regardless of the cost. Um. So uh, not far away, the tremors continue and alarms go off. And that is where we leave issue five with Valor stuck within uh, a former Green Lantern in an inescapable cell. So I guess this is where the, uh, the series is going to end because Valor is going to die in this inescapable cell, right? Oh, no. Exactly. It is kind of hard to have stakes when you know he's going to escape to the future at some point. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing of note, uh, the letters page gets named in this issue, and it is the letters part of Valor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, yeah, we got to take a drink for that one. Boom, boom. Yeah. Uh, so punny. So very punny. <laughs> so, so, Jim, from reading issue one um, through my recap of issue five, um, has anything changed in your uh, approach to how you appreciate the, the series? Appreciate is a strong word. <laughs> <laughs> the series is already a mess five issues in. You can tell it lacks direction. Mm -hmm. That's that's what I was getting at. You know, you had the Eclipso stuff, which got thrown out. You got the Luther stuff, which, which is got thrown out, which yeah. has gotten thrown out completely, except for Babbage saying that uh, that 
you know, he's he's still got to report back to Luther, even though we never actually see Luther again in the series. Yeah. It's like the the best like the best action scene was against Supergirl. There's a couple of funny Lobo moments when Lobo's imagining how he's going to yes, kill this yes. guy, though, though that works out OK. But it's like there's there's just a lack of like anything to get excited about in this series. Yeah, there's no purpose. The, the really. fact that we've had an editorial change kind of gets to some of that as well. Um, I think it's something where they started off with a plan and um, kind of lost sight of it. And, uh, you know, and we've already seen it, like you say, with the Eclipso stuff, you know, like it was it was spun out of... Uh, out of this Eclipso series. And, uh, and one of the, you know, one of the reasons for these annual crossovers was not just to find uh, some sort of common thread uh, storyline in, in the annuals, but generally speaking, it was to launch new titles. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess they were trying to create new characters and new titles. It's just, they're not very good. No, no. And, uh, and, and that's the thing is that, that, Instead of starting with a, this is a series that needs to happen because it just seemed mm-hmm. that they were like, okay, who can we throw the, in into this to launch a new series? Yeah, and, totally. Um, and so there wasn't, uh, you know, I, I don't, th- I don't get the feeling that there was a, a lot of, um, what's the word for it? Like, uh, uh, there just it wasn't a lot of, uh, of like you say, a complete lack of direction and. You know, originally, when you get down to it, like uh, Fleming's initial conception, like I said, was uh, was to have these stories that weren't really connected to one another where he does stuff, you know, and uh, he goes and performs various feats of uh, of, uh, of of bravery and heroism. And, and uh, so far, he hasn't even done that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, yes, you're right. At think this so. point in DC's history, they've learned that and they've tried many times. I mean, World's Finest had that anthology kind of feel where they had a character they would get six pages and then continued next issue. Yeah. Yeah, they had eight characters, but you hardly ever got like a through line in those six page yeah. you know, stories. And then they tried to do it in action comics when the Superman rebooted, when it was the Superman team up book. Yeah. yeah. And then they gave action comics to the six various characters again, making it the new world's finest in a way. And it's, it's very difficult to get readers invested when you don't have a strong cast and a strong purpose to the book. And that's just fundamental. Absolutely. How do readers care about this character and this book moving forward? And and so far, yeah, there's nothing happening and, and it in the overall fabric of things means nothing. Mm-hmm. Yep. So and it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't yeah. get any better for the rest of the run yeah. until uh until it, it gets folded into the Legion editorial office. Well it, it and and technically, I mean, you know, Carlson was the uh was the Legion editor at this stage, was he not? Uh I think so. Yeah, so but it, but it was yeah, because But it was more was, in the present day DC hero yeah. office. Well, so this was totally, yeah. this, this this was st- he was editing the book, but it wasn't a Legion book. Right. Yeah. It was it was an outer space superhero adventure book mm-hmm. that just happened to to star a future Legionnaire. Yeah. So 
just real just real quick, just to get this right in my head. Post Glorith verse Valor came to the 20th century DC universe in, in into this 20th century DC universe around the same the time of that first Valor annual, correct? Uh what do you mean came into the... like like they started using him in 20th century stories? Yes. So that annual was intended to introduce the 20th century Valor. But then that character wasn't really I guess he was being used by Giffen at the time because he would he have been was, on in yeah, uh, he, was, he was being so Valor at the during this time was being used by the Superman office. He appeared in Superman stories, he appeared in LEGION, he was in New Gods, and he would show up at various places from time to time as a guest star. It's so weird because again, they wanted to distance themselves from the Superboy stuff, but they mm-hmm. still wanted to use Valor for some reason. It's because he's an existing character and and you got to use him. He wasn't and, and but, but he wasn't He's got a following. I he mean, wasn't appearing like like he appeared in like Okay, so he appeared in it was Panic in the Sky before this? Yes, it was. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. So he appeared in that where he barely even spoke. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so appeared is a strong word. Um, okay, it's in the background, I'll, I'll, basically. Yeah, that's fair. And um, no, no, I mean, he, you know, he did, I guess he did appear. It's just, you, you know, and, and, uh, and then there was that annual that was a, a tie in with uh, LEGION. I guess I'm wondering, uh, my question is, did the annual come before his appearances in the 20th century, or did it come after he was started being appearing in various things? Which uh, which, uh, which annual do you mean? Do you mean the... Uh, the, the, the second one, the second one, the, 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 with the Valor logo on the cover. Where he seeds, with, where he seeds the worlds. Yeah, that with, one. The, the, with Glorith? Uh, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. that was way before, that was uh, a, a, about a year before. The one with Valor on the cover. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was way before this. Yeah. So wait, wait, Way before this, but I mean, when he started appearing in 20th century set stories. Like in, he, like he in was, uh, the, or like, because he appeared in what, not Omega Men. Uh, did he appear in Omega Men? No, it was New Gods. New yeah. Gods and L-E-G-I-O-N and that stuff. Those early right. appearances. So L-E-G-I-O-N is kind of the, one of the earlier places that you find him. And um, and like like I said, he's there for three issues and um, and the Superman annual, and then he's gone. So he kind of floats around from book to book. Yeah, shows up in um, like you said at, in New Gods and Starman, uh, like as one, a, one issue. Yeah, as as a guest star um, until he gets his own book. In the Legion, he is already well established, and you know we got Adult Valor and SW Six Valor. But those are 30th century after he popped out of the the Phantom Zone or whatever. Um, this is the adventures of Valor before he was put in to the zone. Oh, and actually, bef- uh, technically, this would be before. This would take place chronologically before the events of that annual t- Legion Annual Two. Yes, mm-hmm. and and that Legion Annual has in it a sequence that says basically after he explored around the, the universe, then he had this adventure where he seeded the worlds and then Glorith put him into the phantom zone. There you go. 
So that is, that is chronologically in Valor's future as far as we know. Yeah. Okay, so, so I did the quick research. His appearance in LEJON was in June of 1990. The annual didn't come out till 91. So he was being used prior uh, to the annual, which is which was my main question because I was wondering well, which which came first. I mean, okay. it would make sense that he would appear in LEJON first just because he's did, a Legion um, character. When did the uh, the Mordruverse issue of the Legion appear? Because that's when he changed from Monel to Valor. Exceptional question. February 1990, the Legion issue was June 1990, so that was the change. And, of course, if I'm reading this correctly, nope, Giffen didn't write this issue. Alan Grant did. Hmm. Uh, Giffen did plot the Starman issue he appeared in. Oh, yeah, Travis, did you want to – was there anything that you wanted to mention about that one? Oh, no, I, I think we actually need to cover that issue on an episode sometime and actually read through it. Yeah, oh, it's great. It's, yeah. it's pretty fun. It's great, okay. yeah. Um, okay. Add it to the spreadsheet, Michael. Make Got it so. It. So that was the 91 annual. Huh. Yep. Yeah, well, I guess that makes sense, yeah. 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 I mean, he, he goes, he's in the present day, and then we get the Mordruverse issue in Legion. So we got the Monel kills Time Trapper issue before that. And in 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 Legion, he was only ever referred to as Largand. Um, yeah, yeah, no so. superhero name. Right. And, 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 get, yet. and he's yeah. not he wearing the costume. He's wearing um, the he's black wearing, and yellow. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, an, an Legion uniform. Mm-hmm. So he gets the name Valor after the uh, after the Eclipse story. When did he get his red and blue costume? think it's when like he when he starts showing Wasn't up in other issues no no because invasion okay. was it was like it was in 89 he appears okay. in uh legion in 1990 okay um gotcha. so he's not known as valor yet um and he does and he doesn't have his red costume then yet mm-hmm. he, that's right but by the time of panic in the sky he's he's wearing the red and blue and uh, and certainly in that Starman mm. issue, which again yeah, I, don't, had it. I don't remember the pub pub date on that, but uh, it but came by, out before the before the Valor series. It came out in June '91. There you go. So, so at some point, I remember seeing him in in the costume in the first Valor number one cover. That's where I remember it the most vividly. But like specifically the Valor costume and not the Monel costume. Yeah, well, with the, the, red, the red costume. Yeah. In this general. is the one with the big shoulder pads and everything. Yeah, because yeah, like in, in Panic in the Sky, he's wearing the classic Monel costume. Yeah, Starman is the classic. Yeah, and before that, he was wearing just kind of like a black jumpsuit with yellow stripes, which mm. was only when in those those you know three or four issues of uh, of Legion. Um, Wasn't he wearing that coming out of Invasion? I don't remember. I don't remember. I remember his dad in Invasion. I don't remember. Him. Yeah, I don't remember Valor yeah. in Invasion. If if only somebody had like a costume reference page that we could. Yeah, ah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I can help you out with the Legion uh, Legion costume. I think in New Gods. Was it what was he wearing in New Gods? Uh... He, he's not on any of the covers, so I can't tell you. He is on one of the covers. Is uh, he? Uh, oh, number, is it? Oh, here he is. He's wearing this purple and, 
He's wearing this yeah. purple and blue thing. Yeah, it's a weird cut. It's kind the of just bowl, a bowl cut. random clothes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think it had a hood. Yeah, he terminator did. He showed up and said, give me your pants. You know? Yeah. What, what's, real, what's, what's really weird is, based on the cover dates on these, these are coming out the same time as the LGON issues, June 91. Yeah. That's 90, when they rather. decided, hey, we're doing something with this guy. Um, yeah. So anyway, I guess I, we're off on a tangent. Take a drink. Um, I, I was just curious, like the timing of all this and who in the DC office thought Largan, he's our guy for a modern, modern DCU space guy. Well, I think that that stems from the idea that, hey, we're going to. Well, I, I guess if, if you really want to sort of pick anyone on that, it's. Um, I, I guess Giffen and Yuri at, at some point. Um, Maybe Yuri, because Yuri's on the editor of. No, he's only on New Gods. Hmm. Mm. Art Young is on the Ellie J. Wan. Yeah, but but no, I, I I'm talking about. Um, I mean, you know, Giffen obviously was involved in bringing him into uh, into Ellie J. Wan. You know, that's all that's that's his involvement there. And and that's more of a, hey, we're doing a 20, uh, 20th century version of, uh, you know, we're basically bringing a whole bunch of sort of 20th century um, equivalents of, it, of certainly. It, it, it kind so, of feels like they needed a space Superman for space Superman stories. Yeah, because Superman wasn't a space guy like he would have been in like the Silver Age. Just go wherever he needs to go. Well, and, 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 they and also no one knew can that use they were Super- killing off Kal El, you know, at this point, right? Mm, that's true. Ninety one, they had made that plan for ninety two because they were going to marry them off. They were going to marry Clark and Lois together, but then they got the Lois and Clark show. They're like, oh, we should not do that right now because kind of, yeah, it might mess up with the show's tension or See, whatever. But, so but, they killed off Kal El. So that and, was part of it. And Giffen had. Um... You know, he'd he he'd been a big part of, of invasion and um you know and L-E-G-I-O-N spun out of invasion and um you know they had already said, Okay, so we've got this race this alien race, we've got that alien race, and um and you know, we we have Daxamites and this one is is actually Monel's dad. And so then um um, well, no. that's that's right. They would have introduced Monel's not not Largan, but Monel's dad in Invasion because uh-huh. Gorathverse hasn't happened yet. Wow, that's that right. must have been a major retcon headache pretzel. Well, uh-huh. I mean, you know what? Their whole thing was well, we know that he existed at some point in the uh, in the twentieth century. And um, it would stand to reason he has a father, and we could uh, we could do something it- with that. At that point, they would have established the the pocket universe stuff. So, in fact, it may have just been another character, a different Monel entirely, the 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 actual DC universe Monel, as opposed to the pocket universe well, Monel. Wait, wait a minute, it doesn't work either, does it? <laughs> <laughs> there is no okay, way. let's let's not get into that again. I I'm, as I speak, I realize how do you, do you have a headache this conversation yet? Is. <laughs> Yeah, remember there is no there is no pocket universe. It, it's all made up. Yeah. 
Except for Matrix Supergirl. Ugh. Uh, don't don't. Yeah, yeah. You're not you're not you're not selling the pocket universe with that shit. <laughs> this this is the thing that gets me when the Superman office is like, no, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. They go back to their desk. You know what we should do? <laughs> that. Yeah. That. We should do yeah. that thing that we told them they can't do because that was a really good idea, but we want to use it in our book. There's, you know, there's, there's, there's no Supergirl. There's never been a Supergirl. Hey, you yeah, know, you can't should... have Supergirl. You be- better uh, give Tyrock a sex change yeah. or Dust Projector off. One of the and, two. And they're like, all right, all right, yeah, no, no Supergirl. Hey, you know it'd be cool if we had a Supergirl. Well, we, we can't have Supergirl because there can't be other Kryptonians. Oh, that's okay. Make okay, her a we'll lump make... of protoplasm. Yeah, she'll be out of protoplasm and not a protean because yeah. you know that's Legion stuff. What's the fucking difference anyway? Make I, make her the perfect girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, creepy. Yeah, very creepy. Yeah, and then and and now I, one note, one art, one art note on um on this was the um the way they drew um Lex Junior. I don't recall him looking as. Amish in the super in the Superman books. Yeah, for some reason he had that chin strap beard. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I want to go get shady maple now. He, he, he does make he he does say things like mate, like he's doing the Australian thing in though in in his dialogue because that's the whole thing, right? He was from Australia. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They found him in in the outback after uh, he was the the uh, heir that they found after Luthor. Um, crashed his plane um just imagine yeah. it. i'm just imagining old man luther doing this whole ruse and like putting on the worst australian fake accent <laughs> and everyone just buys into it yeah yeah totally <laughs> i yeah all right once again i have to point out lois lane the top investigative reporter has been sitting across from clark kent for decades and didn't know it was superman so yeah, yeah. well that's because <laughs> That's because she didn't recognize him with his glasses off. I know. I know. I know. It's still dumb. Yeah. Are you sure She's it's a... not because his face is a constant blur? She's a crack investigative reporter. Crack investigative reporter. <laughs> has no clue who she's working with. Yeah. It's like, all about really? auras. It's all about auras. All about auras. Yeah. Oh, God, the yeah, aura. She... Lois oh, Lane the magical aura. Office going, hey, I got a problem with this guy at work. Yeah. See, when you get into the um, some juju to fix some it. of the some of the wacky changes uh, that they made, like the aura. Oh, good lord, the aura. Uh-huh. Uh. I, I prefer Power Girl's excuse. Like, yeah, I don't wear a mask. No one's looking at my face. <laughs> <laughs> that just made so much in canon sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. No one reading this book is looking at your face, Karen. It's true. It's very true. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah. So apparently, at some point, you know, well, they, they, you know, I, I think it all comes down to them deciding, hey, we're doing, you know, with invasion. They said we are doing, um, you know, Legion era uh, races in the twentieth century. Um, Right. They have, you know, we have a history. They have a history. Let's let's use them. And uh, so we saw we started seeing dominators turn up. We started seeing, uh, you know, a lot of these uh, these various races showing up. And um, well, I, I guess that makes sense. If you're going to reference Daxum, you got your most famous 20th century Daxumite. So 
I guess that's the hook. That's the reason. Yeah. That makes sense. It's not enough of a reason, though. To sustain yeah. the book is the problem. And I mean, I, I just think you need something more when you're when you're writing a book and you're starting with the number one. I think about the number ones that kept you buying the book. There was more direction, and this just felt like it's uh, flopping around, going, we need a good story. We need a good plot. What's going on here? Like, if you want to do a, a, a Valor Monel story and you want to do it in space, basically he should be like going planet to planet solving problems, like Superman yeah. or Green Lantern. And like uh, learning, le- and he could be like learning his limits or figuring out how strong he is and that sort of thing. Put Give him threats that actually challenge him. Yep. Yeah. Give him. But- but no, <laughs> which you know, which honestly sounds like what what Fleming wanted to do initially, but mm-hmm. they wanted to do a, a um a, as he says a less grandiose book. Yep. Well, mm-hmm. mission and, accomplished. And Once again, the Legion's biggest arch enemy rears its ugly head. DC editorial. <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> All right. All right. God love them. Bless their hearts. All right. So we will uh, we will pick up with the next six issues, uh, six through 11 uh, in a few weeks. And uh, we picked number 11 because that's where 11 fits into publishing continuity. But uh, once we start going through the story in issue 12, the continuity timeline is a huge mess that it'll take literally months before it's all caught up and sorted out. Yeah. So looking forward to that, guys. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> and I and I mean, um, you know, what are we at? Well, we're at, we're we're at about ninety minutes, so we can uh, we can uh, you know thinking about you know how they used Valor and uh, and how they decided how he would fit in to the history of the DC universe is there. It is challenge. there. It is. And uh, and I wonder, I wonder if there are events that happened this week in Legion history, Michael. Um, yes, there were actually. Oh, believe luck. it or not, what luck! What luck! <laughs> uh, so let's see. Forty-five years ago, in uh, May of 1976, Superman Family number 178 came out. Uh, when Jimmy Olsen becomes Elastic Lad and gains temporary access to the yes. Phantom Zone through a small aperture, Jax Ur and company try to tempt him into watching Superman change into a super identity, but Ooh. Jimmy resists the temptation. <laughs> Monel appears, but doesn't say anything about how Superman has not been working on a cure for, a, for his lead poisoning so he can finally get out of the Phantom Zone. What mm-hmm. a dick. As he's a dick. You know, that ought to be uh, part of our drinking game. Every time if it's Superman's not... a dick? Or every time... Uh... <laughs> every time we mention that he's a dick? Yes. Or every time that we mention how Superman's not working to get mon out of the Phantom Zone. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. All right. Yeah. All right, and that one, take take two, because this is the inaugural one. Yeah, it, indeed. Indeed. Uh, so, 35 years ago, 1986, Legion of Superheroes, Volume 3, Number 25. The Emerald Empress has rebuilt her Fatal Five, and the Legion fear that Sensor Girl may be one of her new applicants. Mm. And we covered that in episode 363. 25 years ago, and I can't believe it's been 25 years, May 1996, Kingdom Come number one came out. Holy crap. 
Yeah. Uh, Starman 7 is a minor character, and we later find out that is uh, part of the whole Starman legacy. And he is from a different Earth who has temporarily gotten shunted into what we find out later is Earth 22. And we also get a flash forward showing that Superboy, who at this point was uh, Connor, and Supergirl, who was Matrix, I believe, have left the 20th, 20th century and gone to the 30th century to join the Legion. So this is the Earth-22 Legion as sh- painted by Alex Ross. Nice. 15 years ago in 2006, Crisis on Multiple Earths, Volume 4, which reprints the Justice League, Justice Society, Legion two-parter. Uh, and if you want to go back and listen to those, that was episodes 502 and 503. Ten years ago, uh, Legion or Adventure Comics number 526, the conclusion to Paul Levitz and Phil Jimenez Legion Academy arc. We hope the cadets survive it. Plus, longtime Legion artists Jeff and Phil Moy draw an all new short story starring the speedster XS. And what she finds in this version of the 31st century is deadlier than she ever thought. Oh my. And you got to go all the way back to episode 136 to hear. The subs talk about that one. Goodness. Uh, 960 years from now, in May of 2981, according to the revised timeline, Timberwolf, now sporting a new costume and a more feral appearance, returns to the Legion. He attempts to kill the president of Earth, and the Legion discovers that he had been brainwashed by Tear. And that was uh, Superboy 197, which we covered in episode 255. And then 970 years from now, in 2991, May 8th, in the five-year-later timeline, uh, Tinuazo is declared dead by the science police after no trace of her can be found following her disappearance on April 12th. Grief-stricken, Joe Na resigns from the Legion and returns to Rimbor. And that was from one of the Omnicom pages in Legion Volume 4, Number 2, which you can hear on in episode 551. And that is what has been and will have going to have been happening in Legion history. Well, that Alrighty is awesome. Then. Thank you, sir. Comments, as always, can be sent to us at legionofsubstitutepodcasters at gmail.com. You can join in the conversation on our Facebook page, which can be found at uh, facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. You can find us on the Twitter. We are LOSP Podcast. And in addition to all those things, you can head over to our website, legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com, where you can leave a comment on this or any episode. And with that, we make our way back into the time bubble where we've got this cool new AI butler. Um, you know, I actually changed the, the Siri voice on my uh, iPhone so that it sounds like a butler so it's it's the english guy so it's i feel like i've got a butler and now we have one <laughs> in the time bubble as well and uh, we'll call him cabbage and um <laughs> we will see you all next week oh in the 20th century this fashion needs some splaining 